Hallelujah. Glory. Was that good? Glory. <laughs> Hope the subtitles didn't disturb you. <laughs> Hallelujah. These people go all over the world. So that was a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Uh, let me read another one to you. Just a second here. Find my right paper. It says, one of our, uh, I think this happened in the, uh, in the UK. One of our women had a supernatural encounter in Starbucks in city center, Manchester. God told her to buy the guy behind her in the queue a hot chocolate. She did not want to, but was obedient. This guy was blown away and asked her how she knew he wanted hot chocolate. And she told him God told her. They then spent the next hour talking, and it turns out he had Christian friends who shared a testimony with him of buying people hot chocolate because God said so. He had jokingly said that if someone bought him a hot chocolate because God said so, he would become a Christian. <laughs> so she spent the next hour leading him to Jesus. When she finished, she realized she was late for work. When she got in, she told her boss she had led someone to Jesus, and she then shared the gospel with her as well, an amazing supernatural encounter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is awesome, isn't it? Praise God. Well, turn with me to, uh, first of all, to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Because I showed these, uh, I read that and I showed the uh, DVD. Uh, and you can watch that again on YouTube if you want. Just type in Chad Deadman. And because uh, that's just worth watching over and over. I've watched it several times myself. Just get a kick out of it. Hallelujah. And, uh, uh, but we're talking tonight about. Uh, risk and faith. A few weeks ago, before we had all our fellowships and the 4th of July and everything, well, uh, we were reviewing the the cultures of revival. And we re I think we reviewed the first five. And I got to, no, we reviewed the first four because number five is risk and faith. And actually, this is more not really a review because I don't think we've, we've, talked about it a little bit but not ever really taught on risk and faith and so tonight we're going to talk about risk and faith and that was obviously an awesome testimony about him taking a risk in a grocery store hallelujah that was awesome and you know uh, one thing is I'm going to teach some things tonight but it's more caught than it is taught and so from what there were risk and faith was released tonight at with us as we uh, watched that DVD. So you might want to watch it about a thousand times and by that time you'd be ready to <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. So uh, it's something caught. John Wimber used to say, he's gone to be with the Lord but he used to say that you spell faith R-I-S-K that that's how you spell faith. And from experience myself, not just from uh, witnessing faith, but from everything Pastor and I have gone to do in the last 30 uh, something years, I would say that I agree that the walk of faith has always required that we take a risk. No And you know, I think a lot of people in here would agree. In Hebrews 11, 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so let's just put uh, risk in where faith is and uh, see, how it, uh, see how it ministers to us. But without risk, 
it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So uh, we could say it that way. So in order, we're going to have to really believe that God is who he says he is, not just here, but throughout the entire word of God. Uh, and, and if we don't really believe that God is who he says he is, it's going to be very difficult, and very hard for us to take risks. But if we really believe, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my need, then it's going to be, we're going to be able to take some risk. If we really believe Malachi, where it says, bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, then we're, we're going to be able to step out there and tithe and take the risk. Hallelujah. You'll never, you'll never uh, be able to afford to tithe until you tithe because the blessing of the tithe that makes you be able able to afford to tithe does not come until you tithe. You know what I'm saying? And so you are going to have to take the risk. And that's the one place in the Bible where the Lord said, test me in this or try me, he says, but or could be test. And so everything you go to do uh, by faith, just to even say, I'm going to take the risk of embarrassment. I'm going to take the risk to walk to the front of the church to get saved. I remember in the Baptist church, you couldn't get saved unless you walked to the front of the church. You could, but nobody would believe you really did unless you walked to the front of the church. And, and when you did that and you walked to the front of the church, you became a member of the Baptist church. You know, it was just an automatic thing. And so, um, but there is a, a risk in letting somebody pray for you in the grocery store. There's a risk of, of, uh, of, of pride that we sometimes have to lay down pride uh, like the woman with the issue of blood that pressed through in the in the press she went in the press and came up behind him and touched the his garment hallelujah what a risk she took but how worth it it was amen and so uh, uh, we can uh, God has called us to take risk we can see that. And, and most of the time, just a little bit of risk will, will often have tremendously amazing results. Hallelujah. And, he, and sometimes we have to think about it. You know, what can they really do to you for trying to pray for somebody in the grocery store? What can they really do to you if you um, uh, get on the loudspeaker in the grocery store? They, they can't take, we always say, they can't take your kids away. You know, that's one thing we wouldn't want them to do. Or maybe you would. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. But, you know, there's certain things they're just not going to be able to do to you. But I tell you, I really believe we're coming into an hour where some of us are going to have to take some some uh, greater risk. Um, I, I heard about, uh, I think it was on a Bethel. I think it was on a, a CD, a MP3 I was listening to. To me, I just call them all tapes, but you know what I'm talking about, you know. But anyway, uh, about this uh, young person that went on a missions trip from Bethel School of Ministry, and they went to Peru, and a man walked up to him on the street and put a gun to his head and say, say one more word and I'm going to kill you. That's what he said. And this young person that was early 20s or late teens said go ahead I came here to die anyway and the man just ran off 
and in 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 America with the thing way things are going and and you may if you unless you're an ostrich and you've put your head in the sand or you know you're just listening to MSNBC and that's the only station you listen to which the news on MSNBC is more about Justin Bieber and what he did than it is about what's really happening in the earth and so uh, unless you're just watching news about what Beyonce did last and Justin Bieber and, and uh, and that that's your idea of what news is well if in, uh, it, then you can see that in america we're coming to a place where we may have to take a risk to stand up for jesus and do the work of the lord that may cost us something at occidental college last week in california a girl wore a cross to to her job on campus and an administrator told her commanded her to take it off of course, now the rep administrator's being reprimanded because right now at this time, we still do have, you know, some rights in America. But we don't know how long that'll last. They're trying to take them away. They want to take them away. The liberal left wants those rights gone from us. They, they don't want Christians to be able to speak up and voice. And in other countries like Canada and the U.K., this week in the UK, an American pastor went over and preached on the street corner uh, about uh, homosexuality and that it was wrong and that it was against God. And he got arrested. I mean, it, to me, I was watching the newscast. It seemed like that the policemen weren't too mad at him. They looked like they were kind of visiting with him myself. So, you know, I know just because there's things happening, though, in the earth. There's laws that have been passed that tell in different in nations that you would have never thought. Uh, this week, I decided to watch a movie that I'd seen before, but not in a really long time. And I watched Schindler's List and uh, about the uh, the the... I guess he was Polish, and, and the man that uh, he—you uh, ought to watch it, but if you haven't, but and it, but well, be careful, show it in front of your kids because there is some nudity and some and some. Uh, well, actually, there's about five scenes of nudity, and there's about uh, and there's a lot of nudity <laughs> actually because these are Jews in the uh, uh, Holocaust, and so it's full body nudity. Let me, but it's you know telling a story. Uh, you, I don't know. I've always said when you've seen one, you've seen them all. And when you see the mass of humanity all naked, you know that I'm right. It's like, it doesn't. But anyway, that's back to something else. So wouldn't be afraid for my teenager to see it in the context that that part is in. Anyway, there's some other parts too, though. And uh, you call, that's what the button's for. Zip it up. And so... Um, <clears throat> But anyway, this man named Schindler took a big, huge risk to uh, uh, save a bunch of Jews. I think he ended up getting to save 900 and something uh, Jews from extermination, being burned in a, a, a concentration camp. Auschwitz, I believe, is the one that they were going to burn them in, and he saved them. He spent every dime that he had during the war saving Jews. And uh, uh, then at the end, and Steven Spielberg made the movie, in the end it shows all the uh, people, they came back and had a reunion, and it shows the actual Jews coming back and putting a rock on Schindler's grave uh, that got saved in the Holocaust. And it, at the time he made that movie, which it's old now, I don't know how old, but it's been around a while, you know, 
93. Okay, that is old. I didn't realize it. <laughs> 10 years old. So anyway, at that time, huh? 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think. 20 years. Okay, 20 years old. But at that time, there were 6,000 descendants of Schindler Jews. So there's a ton more now, by now, that wouldn't be on the earth if Schindler hadn't taken that tremendous risk. And he was not even a very godly man. He was, uh, I believe he was Catholic. Um, he was, uh, but he obviously took a risk, a huge risk. And uh, hallelujah, used all his fortune and to save Jews. So, uh, but you're warned about the language and the, not a tremendous lot of language, but uh, some and the nudity. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> praise God. We need to tell our kids, though, what happened. They need to be informed. They don't need to be like, what's the Holocaust? Or, like, uh, you know, some, the Iranian president said, oh, that didn't really happen. You know, he, that, he actually says that. I think, you know, hallelujah. And then there's people on the earth today taking tremendous risks, uh, missionaries to Iran and Turkey and Iraq and in there and underground church in China. And America, uh, it, things keep going like they're going and we don't get this thing turned around in prayer. We're going to have to stand up for our faith too. Hallelujah. They're trying to take the uh, the uh, deduction that you would get on your income tax from giving away. They're, you know, they're trying to get it all. They don't just want something. They want all of it. They're trying to take away the pastor's housing allowance. You know, but to get it, they got to take the military housing allowance away because we, we, the pastors got lumped in there in a law with the military. And so they're trying to get take it all. Hallelujah! They they're trying to raise taxes so that we will be a uh, so that we will be totally and completely controlled and dependent upon the government. It's time for the church to wake up. That's what we've been saying. It's time for the church to arise. It's time to speak up. It's time to quit being politically correct, which is a risk. Somebody might get mad at you in town. Hallelujah! I'm sure they will. Hallelujah. And it's time to start saying, no way. You know, we're not taking that. Hallelujah. There's people right now in America that are laying down their lives and they're taking a risk to, to speak out things. And oh, by the, they're called radicals and they're called weird and man, they're just too far out there. But um, they're taking a risk to keep people informed and tell them the truth. Hallelujah. Listen, family, there's more going on in the earth than what Justin Bieber's doing. Hallelujah. And Britney Spears, and we won't pick on him totally, but I don't even know. He may not even be popular anymore. His day may have been already passed. Hallelujah. Don't, I don't even recognize the names of these. Uh, we're going to move on. Hallelujah. To say thank God. <laughs> what well, Nothing happens in the kingdom without risk. Jesus went to the, he, you know, his whole life was taking risk. But thank God we have the protection of God. We, we will learn. We will learn to walk in the secret place of the Most High, to stay protected. We'll learn to stay under the blood. If, you know, if uh, uh, Pastor and I's mine insurance went up this month, uh, you, our insurance is $982 a month. If you don't think your employer's doing anything for you, <laughs> you know, be nice to your employer. <laughs> Hallelujah.
and that's that's because of uh, the new laws and stuff that has been passed. But you know, we said, how is how how can this go on? What can happen? We're going to learn to believe God for everything. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, either now or later, you know, it's going to happen to all of us. There are, you're going to have to believe God when your employer says, we don't, we're not going to do health insurance anymore. You're going to have to believe God when your employer says, well, we're only going to hire 49 employees because 50 employees is where you have to start furnishing health insurance. You're going to believe God when you only get 29 hours because 30 hours is full time. That's what we're going to do. We're going to walk by faith. We're going to live by faith. We're going to do just exactly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to be, we're going to be multiplying our food. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying it in. Hallelujah. There won't be any problem getting people to prayer. We'll be praying every night because we want to eat the next day. Hallelujah. Is that we need gas the next day. So we'll pray our gas multiplied in our tanks. You know, if it's $10 a gallon. Amen. Amen. That's right. You know, if there's no water, we'll be praying. There's already no water in some places. Hallelujah. In America. My mother said, well, I, I don't know why they can't just pipe it from, from y'all are getting all that rain, why they can't just pipe it to Texas. I said, well, I guess they could if we could pay for the pipeline. She's like, well, we need, oh, well, never mind. I won't go into all that. <laughs> but, but. She will make you think in ways you never thought before. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So faith is nothing happens in the kingdom without risk, and faith is the currency of heaven. But without risk, faith is not activated. I want us to look in Hebrews chapter 11 and just put some, like, look down in verse 8. Let's, well, or no, let's start in verse 7. By risk... Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Verse 8, By risk, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he went. He didn't even know where he was going. And he took a risk, didn't he? Hallelujah. By risk he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. Verse 11, through risk also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Hallelujah. Then we move over and we go to uh, verse 17. By risk Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. If there was ever a risk, it was when... Abraham lifted his knife. The Bible says here that he it was his only begotten son. Isn't that strange since he already had Ishmael? Think about that. That'll make you think for a day or two. Um, but he was the son of promise. And Abraham knew, it says, uh, of whom it was said in verse 18, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Abraham knew that this was the son of promise, that this was the one that God had said that through Isaac, that will you, your, the sand of the sea and the stars of the heaven will be how big your, uh, your prodigy, progeny, your family your, will be. And uh, by, by uh, that risk, by risk, hallelujah, it says, accounting, verse 9, 
tonight that God was able to raise him up. That's we got to have that kind of belief that God is who he says he is. Hallelujah. And he raised the knife to Isaac. By risk, in verse 20, Isaac blessed Jacob. By risk, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped. 22, by risk, Joseph, when he died, made mention of departing of the children of Israel. By risk, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Do you talk about a risk to go hide your little baby out in the the reeds and floating in a little boat that you made? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. By risk, Moses, when he was come to years, this is 24, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, came out of his comfort zone by risk. Man, you talk about comfort, living in a palace. You're the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Everything is yours. All you have to do is snap your fingers. And by risk, he said, no, no, I'd rather you know, uh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Hallelujah. You rather be with the people of God or you rather be with the, the you know, I don't know, the people that aren't of God. And, and with people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin has pleasure for a season. But eventually, it's the wages of sin or death. Hallelujah. But there is pleasure for a season. We could go on and on, but we won't. Uh, um, not taking a risk. Uh, without risk, faith is not activated. Without risk, faith is not activated. We'll find that over in James 2.14. Just go to James, one book over. James 2.14, it says... Now, there's. I'm kind of focusing in on the risk that we may be called to take to stand up for righteousness. But, you know, really one of the things we want to focus on tonight is taking that risk to bring others into the kingdom. Now, at the end of Schindler's List, at the very end, when the war, they announce over the loudspeaker that the war has ended and that at midnight that night that it'll be over and everything. And he gets in a car to escape and the Jews all congregate around him and they they give him a letter because he's going to be tried for war crimes because he wears a Nazi pin. He's actually a Nazi. He signed up for the Nazi party. Uh, so he And he wore his Nazi pin the whole time. So he says at the end of the movie, he says uh, they give him this letter saying how kind he was to the Jews, hoping to help him. You know, if he's tried for war crimes. And they also have made a, they pulled a man's tooth, got the gold out of it, melted it down, and made Schindler a ring. And it says something, I, I can't remember exactly. They write something inside the ring that refers to, oh, he who saves one saves a nation. I believe that's what it said, something to that effect. And, uh, but he, he breaks down and he starts crying. And he says, and he's fixing to get in a car. He said, oh, if I could have got one more. He says, and he says, yeah, I, I could have got, if I'd have sold that car, I could have got 10 more. I could have saved 10 more if I'd have sold that car. And then he, he says, if I'd have sold this pen, you know, it's gold. I could have got one more. If I could have saved one more. And they're comforting him and telling him, you did a, you did a lot. You did so much. Thank you for what you did. And uh, so they're thanking him, but he kept thinking about one more. And that's how uh, God wants us to be risk takers so that we can get one more. Hallelujah. One more in Starbucks. One more at the grocery store. 
We're going to have to risk our reputation in Tuscaloosa. We don't even have one. That's the funny part. You know, the devil will say, you're going to lose your reputation. And we forget we don't even have one. You know, it's like, oh, what are you famous for in Tuscaloosa? That's the beauty of a big town. In, in 2,500 people, Seagraves, they knew when you backed out of the driveway. I promise you they knew. I promise they knew everything that you did. But here, hallelujah, we, it's going to be easier for us to take a risk. Amen. Hallelujah. James 2.14, are you there? It says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? Save him. What does it profit? If a man says he has faith, but he doesn't take a risk, what's it going to profit? What's the reward going to be in heaven to say, man, I was in faith, Lord. What's that reward going to be? Can somebody tell me? Nothing. No, nothing. What's it going to It's not going to profit us anything. Not only the, the profit we get here of joy, hallelujah. God's nature is risk-taking. Not taking a risk is boring. Did you ever think about that? Some people lead the most boring lives. Predictable. We are born for risk in the kingdom. In order to go to the next level of faith, we have to take risk. Go to Luke 9.38. And Luke 9.38. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is mine only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him that he foameth again, and bruising him, hardly departeth from him. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. And as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down and tear him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. Hallelujah. Well, we find here that uh, the, a man with a demon-possessed child, and uh, uh, we have those here. We have those today, in case you didn't know, you know, how we do. I mean, this is not like, oh, well, all the demons left when Bible times was over. And uh, no, we have children that suffer because uh, demons uh, inhabit them and, 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 uh, and hurt them and do all sorts of things to them. We have teenagers that cut themselves and do things like that, and that's what a, that's a demon. You know, we have all kinds of things like that happening uh, in uh, in America today. But um, you know, here it says that the disciples were were not able to help him. But and one of the things you might want to think about here is something that we might not have ever thought about is that that the disciples didn't keep going after it. Didn't keep you know, you wonder why when that this one thing about this man, you know, Jesus said, Oh faithless and perverse generation. He was not talking to this man. And the reason we know the man with the child, the reason we know he was not talking to the man with the child is because the man had faith or he wouldn't have come again and said, no, I'm going after it. I'm going to Jesus. I'm just going to keep going to the, I'll go to the head if the disciples can't. So we know this man was operating in faith. So Jesus, when he rebukes them for faithlessness, he's talking to the disciples 
And the disciples, we wonder, I think sometimes we might wonder, is why they didn't keep on going after this and keep on until Jesus came hunting them and said, Oh, I found you. What seems, you know, and they said, No, Jesus, we're not stopping until we get this devil out of this child. But the, it seems like they gave up too easy is my point. <coughs> and that's how we have to be where healing is concerned. Is uh, is uh, why, and, and also personally, but... <laughs> So, but we ought to go after it. If we don't get it the first time, we ought to go after it the second time. We ought to go after it the third time. And if we're the one on the healing end, we ought to be like this man. Or if it's our child, we ought to keep going after it and keep going after it and get prayed for again. And if Miss Debbie can't get you healed, why don't you see if Pastor can pray for you? And if Pastor and Miss Debbie, neither one can get you healed, let's see if we can get a team of three to pay for you and get you healed. And if the team of three can't pray for you and get you healed, why don't you come to Pastor and say, Pastor, do something and and. But instead, we just say, well, you know, and we just resort to whatever the doctors say. And we don't press. It's why a lot of times we don't get it. Why don't we, you know, you come to pastor and me and pastor have three crazy friends that we'd get over and come. You know, we don't want you to die. There's nobody, none of our friends would want you to die, you know, but people don't ask. And it's not up to the preacher to say, to want you to be healed more than you want to be healed. It's not up to the preacher to want your kid healed more than you want to be healed. In Seagraves, there's a little boy. He's not a little boy anymore. He's probably a ninth grader or a tenth grader. But since he was a little boy, he's had leukemia. Now, his mother goes to the first assembly of God. His no, his grandmother does. His mother is raised in first assembly of God. They believe in healing, or at least they used to. Actually, they're very unbelieving, the whole family. They're totally in unbelief. But this little kid is is getting worse all the time. Worse, 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 worse all the time. And and he last week couldn't take his treatments because uh, uh, his white blood cell count was so low. And so my mom, she says, uh, she says, well, this lady doctor in Lubbock, she's just, he's not getting any better. I think they should take him to St. Jude's or somewhere Debbie, if it was your kid, wouldn't you take him to St. Jude's? If if he wasn't getting any better, would you just stay, keep on going to the same old lady doctor in Lubbock that was not getting him any better? I don't know what lady had to do with it. Hallelujah. That's a whole nother sermon. But anyway, uh, so she's telling me this, and I said, no. I wouldn't do that. I said, I'd get on a plane and I'd take him somewhere where they're getting people healed because there's churches all over America where they're getting people healed. If I couldn't get him healed in my own local church, which that'll be unlikely in Seagraves, Texas, I can promise you. But you know, they could even just drive over to Seminole to the church we used to pastor. You know, but it's like, what? why do we let our kids die? Why do we settle for what a doctor says? Why these parents don't we take a risk? You know, well, you know, it's a big town and it's a long way. Yeah, like that kid that we saw, that young woman, four of stage four bone cancer that had to come from somewhere to Singapore. That'd be like us going to New York City to a healing meeting. How bad do we want it? How big a risk will we take? She could have died on the way. Even her doctor said, how, how are you going to go to Singapore? 
I, I know I'm not I, I gotta get this risk thing in me I'm preaching to myself to I gotta take a more of a risk in ministry but I gotta take more of a risk we gonna take risk in the church we get a we, we're gonna get in the river that flows hallelujah we gotta take a risk if we don't take a risk right here where it's safe where everybody loves you how in the world are we ever gonna take a risk down to old Charlie's huh are in Walmart. Well, they don't know me and they won't. Oh, somebody will know you that, you know, hallelujah. If you've got pride that big, God's going to make sure that somebody's watching that knows you. He's going to get that pride out of us one way or another. And if our pride's that big, he's going to have somebody watching. They're going to say, I saw you do that. I heard you talking to that lady. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, we have to be willing to keep going. Um, we heard the testimony. I think I told this testimony about a young woman. And she was, I, I don't know, I think she was just, I think she was in her early 20s. And she was just meeting with a group of young people on a Friday night. You know, kind of like Chad Deadman and those kind of people and kind of crazy people like that. So she has had an eardrum problem. I don't know what it was, but she wasn't hearing in that ear, and it had to do with her eardrum. And so they prayed for her, and nothing happened. She And, and you know, that's she was honest. She said, no, I don't feel anything. Nothing changed. And that's how we need to be when we get prayed for, completely honest. And so... Um, so they said, well, let's pray again. And she, so they, no, I don't feel anything. No, I can't hear any better, nothing. So they, they had all evening because they're all just hanging out together. So they prayed seven times. And on the seventh time they prayed for, she started feeling warmth in her ear. We need to be able to have some meetings like that where we have time to pray seven times. But if we don't, then we've got to come back service after service, and we got to bug people. you got to be like, I'm just going to bug pastor to pray for me until, bless God, I get a breakthrough. Yes. Amen? Because fear is going to keep us from our destiny. Hallelujah. How will you ever be a healer if you don't, even, if you don't have the courage to be prayed for? Hallelujah. Luke 9.38, well, that's what we just read, wasn't it? Maybe we ought to read it again, since I wrote it down twice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, here's what I was going to say about Luke 9:38. Did you know there is no record? If you put, you know how the Gospels, when the, you put them in order of how it all happened, there is no record that the disciples ever healed anybody again until the book of Acts, when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. There is no record. And did you know it actually says, if you just turn over to chapter 10, verse 1, it said, after these things, the Lord appointed 70, 70 also and sent them out. It's like, okay, you 12 can't, won't do it, can't do it, won't take a risk. He just pointed him 70 more and sent them out. Right before that, he had sent the 12 out, it says two by two now he's sending the 70 out and they don't ever there's no record they ever healed anybody that doesn't mean they didn't but it's just interesting okay um <coughs> hallelujah without faith without taking a risk it's going to be impossible to please god it does not say in hebrews eleven six that without results it's impossible to please god god wants us to take a risk and 
It does not say that without success, it's impossible to please God. Uh, that was Chad Dedman on the video. His dad is Kevin Dedman. He comes from a heritage of risk takers. I thought it was hilarious when Chad gave his testimony and said that when he decided to go to Indonesia, I believe, you know, he was very young and he decided, I'm going to go over there. And his parents knew it was a, he, he actually looked for the most dangerous place, two of the most dangerous places in America, in the world. And one of them was Indonesia. Uh, and so he, uh, his parents came to say goodbye to him at the airport and they actually said, can you imagine saying this to your child? They said, and you know, of course he's a grown child, but he's still young. I can't imagine saying it to any of my children and they're, it's like, well, if we don't see you again, we'll see you in heaven. He gave that. That's what he said on that testimony we heard here. If I don't see you again, I'll see you in heaven. They were so willing for their child to take a risk for Jesus. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? So uh, Kevin Dedman said this. He, I heard him on a tape saying, we have to listen to a lot of stuff with this course we're taking. So I heard him say that... Um, one night he had a word of knowledge and it and I think he for a person and so it would be like me me saying uh Melissa is there something wrong with your tongue and her saying no and uh or something like that so he had a word of knowledge like this and it was wrong it was not right and so after the meeting you know and that's something kind of but the Lord wanted to teach him something so he said the Lord said to him I gave you the wrong word of knowledge on purpose you go thanks Lord we appreciate that you know no he said and I did it because I do not reward success he said I reward faith he said I am not interested in your success I am interested in your taking risks so here's how it goes. The minute you take a risk, God is giddily happy and excited. He is so excited that we took a risk for Him. That we have so much faith in Him that we would step out and take a risk. And risk that, you know, it's the wrong word of knowledge. Risk that, uh, that prophets, that Boy, that was uh, that prophecy. You know, I have you ever given a prophecy? I know I have, where it's like, you know, I know I had something, but blah, 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 and you couldn't hardly talk, and you're stumbling over your words, and you know, and it just comes out garbled. You know, it's like, oh, that's lovely, isn't it? That's just lovely. And then you know, right behind, sitting beside you is Sandra, uh, Sandy Baloo and she just flows or wind goss and it's like you know it never comes out blip 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 and so you throw in some us and ahs and tongues and you know you throw in a lot of stuff trying to get the next word you know and hallelujah praise God but God's not interested in our success he's not even interested in us being fluent He's not interested. That's why, you know, he doesn't care if you're fluent in tongues. Hallelujah. Bless God, open your mouth and speak in tongues. If you don't, pastor's going to whop you upside the head. Not me. I'm, no, I'm just... But, I mean, 
get, get, open your mouth. Take a risk. Ask God to give you tongues and then open your blooming mouth and start saying something in tongues. That's right. Take a risk. Stumble all over yourself. Look dumb. You'll please God. That will be the, the, the reward of it is like, God will be like, wow. We have friends. I think this one, this particular friend already went to be with the Lord. But they wanted tongues so bad, man, they're doing everything in the world. They're, try, they're, they're doing everything. He said he even went out in his, uh, uh, his uh, barn and he, they had a box there. It was like a kind of like a coffin, but it wasn't a coffin. It was a box they used to put stuff in. And so he he was like trying to get alone with God because he just he got to have these tongues. And so he got in that box and he shut the door and he said the dog came up to the knot hole and started <laughs> sniffing at it and looking at him. He couldn't even get alone with God so he could speak in tongues. But we got to get desperate for whatever it is and take a risk. Hallelujah. <clears throat> God is excited when we take risks. He's already pleased with us, no matter how it turns out. Hallelujah. Heaven is saying right now, would you take a risk so I can do something? Would you take a risk in Tuscaloosa County so I can do something? And you know, one of the things, I don't know if you remember this, but when we watched the video with Joaquin and Chad on there, they said you need friends to take risk with, remember? Because... <clears throat> you'll play off of each other. And remember when they were at the, uh, the uh, I don't know if they were drug dealers, but they were, what were they like? Uh, gangbangers, yeah. Hallelujah. They were out in the yard, you know, and so one of them said, well, he took a risk, so I might as well too. Hallelujah. Besides, you got somebody there to defend you if you get in too much trouble. Knowing God is pleased with us taking a risk, is the only way to overcome fear. I can do this. If I just know God's happy when I take a risk, I can do this. I can do this if I know I don't have to have success. I can do this. I can give a word of knowledge. I can just kind of think I might have heard something little. And I can do this. I can think I might have saw some little color in it or something that looked kind of heavenly or I can think there might be an angel standing over here and it just taking the risk is going to be make God so happy and it's the only way that we're ever going to have a consistent flow of a river at River Church is somebody besides me and Pastor is going to have to start taking risk all decently and in order hallelujah but you know then again, I thought about Pat Rowe in Birmingham, and his wife had cancer. Uh, what was her name? Jane. Jane had cancer, really bad. And they, everybody in the church had prayed for her. They had prayed. Pastor Webb had prayed. They'd all prayed. I heard, we heard this story secondhand. We weren't there. Actually, we heard Pat sell it. And they said one night, you know, they were praising, they were worshiping, they were, and man, you know, how bad do you want it? And they said he literally took off and climbed the wall at Word of Life with his feet. I don't know how he did that. But you know what? After that, his wife was healed of cancer. You know, at Word of Life back in 96, when we moved there and got there, um, and we didn't cause this, 
but when we got there and everything started moving and that was in the time of the laughter and the running and lots of that and it's like they were continually having to paint that church because the footprints on the walls because every time when people would go around those corners going 90 miles an hour they'd lose and you know their footprints would end up on the walls it was like all they did was paint they had to replace chairs that got broken from people jumping in them they had pulpits broken those plexiglass pulpits break easy when people do crazy things yeah even this pastor he there here's the pulpit and there was a door up here to the left and he ran into it going full speed he hit that door just you know he was lopped up under the pews several times laying up under pews drunk he didn't care and that's my next point the second way to overcome fear is to get really drunk be drunk on the holy ghost hallelujah you get drunk on the holy ghost and you'll you won't care hallelujah god is excited about this i'm excited so this is how we're going to do it this is how we're going to take a risk is because we know it's just going to make god so happy you know it doesn't matter you say well i wouldn't want to walk up there i might miss it well you're you're going to miss it if you you're going to miss it for sure hallelujah because you're going to miss the blessing of taking a risk hallelujah pastor anything that's one of the best stories about risk in the bible isn't it hallelujah think of the risk david took take that little sling hallelujah five smooth stones hallelujah what a risk I knew I was supposed to say this tonight, but and it's a risk for me, but I've had so much joy the last two days. I like laughed till I was crying last night. And I just, I've never really had that joy and I've always wanted to. And I would watch Leanne and I'm like, I should just go touch her because I want that, you know? But I've just laughed so much in the last two days and I just know it's the Lord. So. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, why don't you take another risk? Why don't you pray for... If y'all, if you need, if you want that joy, well then, hallelujah. Come up here and Anita's going to lay hands on you. Praise God. If you want to, if you need, uh, you need some, go ahead, go start praying. Hallelujah. If you need the courage, hallelujah. If you need the courage to take a risk, hallelujah. Praise God. We'll come over on this side and, and me and Pastor will, will impart everything we've got. Hallelujah. And we'll believe God to. Hallelujah. Um, I was praying last night and God has really been ministering me about music and um, that he really put like a prayer in my heart to play the melodies that are on his heart that are pleasing to him. And so, you know, I just kind of been praying out, praying out for the last couple of days. Well, um, when uh, the stone throws were here, I was led to buy one of their little bottles of oil. <clears throat> Even though I already had oil, but I was kind of led. And so God uh, led me to take the oil and I anointed my hands. I anointed um, my, my diaphragm. Um, he even took digest some for the wind uh, and even to put some in my ear. And I was like, no, 
I don't want to put it in my ear because I was praying for my inner ear to hear. And I was like, no, because the doctor said you're not supposed to do this. So I'm, I got this whole battle in my mind. And I was like, trust me, just, just take the risk of faith. Just do what I tell you to do. I said, okay, Lord, this sounds crazy and nobody's here. It's just me and you, you know. And I was like, I can't tell nobody this. And so I did. I put one drop in and put the other drop in. And he said, put a cotton ball in each ear. And when you wake up, believe me that you will hear. You'll begin to hear. And I was like, okay. And so I went to bed and I woke up. And 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 because I've been having trouble in my left ear. I've been, you know, having an earache. And I've, I got prayed for. And I've been, you know, confessing my healing. And I've got antibiotics and everything. And I still kind of have a trouble every now and then. Well, when I woke up, uh, the ear was open. My ears were open. I literally felt them open today. So I'm believing God. But that was just a risk. And I was like, oh, I wasn't going to tell anybody. But that was my risk. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, come.